This is episode 39, How to Generate Money and Opportunities Doing What You Love with Kelsey. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Over It and On With It. And thanks to those of you who've been leaving reviews and ratings for the show. That is always so appreciated and so helpful for people that are scrolling through lots of podcasts and deciding what to listen to. So it means a lot to me and it means a lot to other listeners when you do that. So if you have a couple minutes, just go to iTunes, search the show and leave your thoughts. So I like to share stories from my life on this show. I always learn things and like to share what I learn with you. And last weekend, one of my dear friends, Kristen, asked me to speak to a group she volunteers with. It was about 20, 14 to 17-year-old girls from high-risk areas in LA who all find refuge in the same halfway house. So of course, my answer was yes to this. So to get ready to speak to the girls, I thought about all the things I wish I had known when I was that age. I mean, remember that age, 14 to 17? Oh, it could it was brutal for a lot of us. And so I prepared this speech and workshop on self-love and self-acceptance and speaking your truth and setting boundaries and how to create the present and future you desire no matter what your past was. And I really thought it would resonate with them and I was excited to serve in that way. And then about one minute into talking to them, I realized that my quote-unquote plan might need to totally be thrown out the window. I started teaching a meditation and there was so much fidgeting, so much talking, moaning, like they were just like not into it. And then when I started to talk about self-love and share a little of my story, some of the girls laid down. There's more talking. Basically, I totally lost the room. The problem was I was coming from a place of what I needed to hear when I was 14 to 17, but how my life was then compared to what these girls were living through and had been through were not the same. Sure, we have some common teenage angst, but I had loving parents who were not struggling for money, a home in a neighborhood I felt safe in, and a good school where I was receiving a wonderful education. My life was not like theirs in a lot of ways, so I was totally off base thinking that just talking to my old self would work. I had to make it about them, more about what they needed in the moment, and meet them where they were at instead of expecting them to be ready for what I had planned, or even be well-behaved or respectful, quite frankly. The greatest gift I could give them was to accept them completely for who they are, where they were, and just really honor the fact that they showed up. They were there, and that was a lot for a lot of them. So I had them stand up, interact with each other. We did some role-playing. We did some mirror work, and we just had fun. And I stopped being attached to what I wanted them to get and just really trusted they would get what they needed. And I realized the two most important things I could offer were, one, a safe space not to be judged, to feel totally accepted, and that just one seed could be planted. And I was also aware that that seed didn't need to be planted by me. Letting them talk to each other and engage with each other, they learned from each other. I was definitely not the only teacher in the room. At the end, they went around and shared what they learned. Some said super sweet and touching things, and others said, I didn't learn anything. 
Again, a moment to practice not making it about me, but instead moving into deep compassion for the defense mechanisms and walls a lot of the young women there probably have had to put up just to survive. I felt like they were my teachers that day, even more than I was theirs. And it was a wonderful opportunity for me to get out of the way and let spirit do the work. This was not something I could have done at the beginning of my career, just like thrown away my plan and be able to read the room like that. I would have gotten so flustered from losing control. I honestly don't know what I would have done. And I definitely would have left feeling like I failed. But the wonderful thing that happens with experience is that different skills are honed. We start to become more confident in what we do and we embody it even more. And we trust that the universe will lead us exactly where we're supposed to go. Which brings me to my coaching call with Kelsey, who is on the precipice of the next stage in her own career. The subject of our session has to do with generating money in your career, specifically doing work that feels purposeful. But even if that's not a specific topic you resonate with, I think you'll still find great value in this call because it's also about building momentum and stepping fully into the things that matter most in your life so that one, you can create results and two, you're more fulfilled. As you're listening to our session, consider, is there something you really feel called to do but you just can't seem to make money at it. You keep having side jobs and sometimes you feel like you're pursuing your passion wrong because it's just not manifesting financially. Also, do you truly have faith and believe 100%, 100% that you can be financially prosperous doing work you love? And what's your relationship with money like? If you were to grade your wealth consciousness, how would you evaluate it? Keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Kelsey Also, if making money, doing what you love is a priority for you, then I highly encourage you to check out and apply for my Secret Sauce business training program. In this program, I teach heart-centered entrepreneurs how to build a business that makes money doing what you love by stepping into your unique gifts, talents, and experiences, and also teaching you a lot of what I've learned along the way. You can email jill at christinehassler.com for more info, or if you go to christinehassler.com, just click on the work with me tab and you'll see something for training program and you can find more information there. So now on to my call with Kelsey. Hello, Kelsey. Welcome to the show. What's your question? So I'm not exactly sure how to completely word the question, but I'll give it a shot. My passion, I've been, I've been really lucky to be living my passion for the last few years in the work that I do. But because the projects I do are such so long-term and they have a payoff later, I have to often do jobs on the side to be able to pay the bills and to be able to just kind of stay steady throughout where I do this. And I've been doing it for a couple of years and obviously I'm still alive and I'm here. So it, it's worked in a way that it's fed me, but I've gotten to a point where I feel like it's not working anymore, or maybe I've been doing it wrong all this time, but I feel like it leaves me year after year, it leaves me with such a heavy heart and I'm just not sure how to do it anymore because I love what I do for my projects and for my work, but it's getting taxing on me every month where I have to kind of sometimes go, huh, how am I going to pay this? Or, hmm, okay, how am I going to scrounge this job and this job so that I can make ends here? 
well, the work I do, often I have to travel and I have to get up and go. And so even if I were to have a quote unquote nine to five that kept me stable, nobody would really keep me there for very long for getting up and going and having to travel around the world and do those type of things. So I'm really caught in this space where I'm not sure if I'm doing it right anymore. Okay. Well, there is no right or wrong, but if mm-hmm. you're having this feeling and the feeling of the heavy heart, then that that reveals to me that there's some kind of core misunderstanding or limiting belief that's that you're bumping mm-hmm. up against. Right? Because we yeah. we it's like my my guess is you have competing intentions. There's this one part of you that believes going out and living your passion and doing the work that you love doing is amazing. And then there's another part that, and I don't know if this was a belief that you took on because of what other people told you about it, but like what I'm hearing is like, you can't make money at that or you can't make a good living at that. Well, and it's almost like I, I don't completely believe that, but it's like almost like I can't make there's a couple of things. I can't make money at it now until later when I do a few more of these projects. Or it's more like a lot of people in the industry do not, but the lucky ones do. <laughs> and it doesn't stop me from wanting to keep going forward because the work just moves me beyond. And the experiences I gain from it are just, I would never go back to just being okay with my job after experience what I have had. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's still not paying the bills. And I think what I feel about that is I'm a grown adult doing a lot of work. And on top of that, side work is a lot of work. And it's getting it's getting not only tiring, but it's almost like, wow, just it's just wouldn't it be nice to pay my bills without it being this struggle every month? Right. I really hear you. I really hear you. And even if you believe just a little bit, I can't make money at this, or it takes a while to make money, or only the lucky ones Mm -hmm. make a lot of money, even if you believe it just Mm -hmm. a little bit, it's still there. Mm -hmm. Right. So part of this is getting 100% congruent and in alignment with your vision, and also knowing that you can be prosperous and financially abundant doing what you love. That mm-hmm. the, because a lot, a lot of times, again, you know, it's so subtle, our, the unconscious is so subtle and there's not only our own life story and our own belief systems, but then there's sort of the collective unconscious. And one of the ones that floats around out there is I have to work hard for money. And a lot mm-hmm. of people feel like the, the kind of work that lights them up and they're doing good and gives them the freedom that it's almost like sinful that it could be a mm-hmm. moneymaker. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I must, I have to suffer in some way and, and what I love can't make me money. And again, this, this could, I know intellectually, you probably don't believe that, mm-hmm. but unconsciously you might have picked up some of that programming and belief system. And it's also important to look at your wealth consciousness. And it's also important to look at the money sort of belief system and financial situation you grew up in and how much yeah. of that is playing into this. So any anything pop when I was saying what I was just saying? 
Well, it's funny because I, I remember taking a look at some of the money consciousness stuff a couple of years ago when this first started, because this was a new thing for me. And I even did a course by, you. I think you know her, Kate. Northrop, yeah. Yes, yes. And I remember it being very enlightening and helpful and kind of, she just had a great way of like wrapping your head around these ideas of money. And I, I do remember writing about some of the things I heard in my family, but it wasn't like I felt like there was this big epiphany I found out. I do, well, I do remember feeling like there is some heaviness sometimes around money because it wasn't something that we completely talked about growing up, but it's something that also never were short of growing up. So we always had it. We always had enough, but it wasn't like, managing the money or how to do that was ever spoken about. Mm -hmm. So I guess as I got older, when I ever had to speak about managing or how much or this, it was just, it was so odd. It was just weird for me. And I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. Well, if you, if you did have an idea why, what would it be? Hmm. One of the reasons probably was because it's, um, it's almost like a shameful thing. Like if you have too much money, it's uncomfortable to talk about people who don't or vice versa. If you have, you know, you don't have money, it's shameful to talk about that because other people can afford things that you can't. So it's almost like not talking about it didn't make anybody uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're kind of so back to the competing yeah. intentions. If you have too much money, yeah. that's like their shame. If you don't have enough money, there's shame, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want you to get too into your head with all this because to me, it's, it's more about you shifting your vibration inside. And Mm -hmm. it's really about A, you knowing your self-worth and B, you really knowing and getting in alignment with what you're, what you're doing and what you're creating and knowing beyond a doubt that it can be financially prosperous for you and it can support you. A big step in my life was when I, it was in 2007, maybe when it was, you know, a couple of years after my first book came out, I was coaching on the side. I was moonlighting at night and on weekends and I still had like a nine to five job mm. and I was so scared. Like I, I thought that I needed to have one in order to support myself and order to make enough money. And finally I had this realization that there were two things that were happening. One, I didn't have total faith and confidence in myself and my vision. I wasn't fully committed to it. And two, I didn't have faith enough in the universe. And so I shifted those and I got so committed to my mission so that it wasn't about me. It was about something bigger. It wasn't about me paying my bills. It was about me helping to ease suffering on the planet in whatever way I could and help as many people as I could. So it became much, much bigger than a job. And then the other part of it was like, all right, I feel this calling. God has put this in me for a reason. I know it's not random. Do I trust? Do I trust enough to let go of the things I'm gripping onto for so-called security? And do I trust the flow will come? So, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is so resonating because 
the bigger part of me, honestly, like what you're saying and what I'm doing, and, and it's, it's been shown to me time and time again, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm very clear about it. And it's, it's so clear that this, this, what I'm doing is bigger than me, but I think the trusting part may, may be what's missing because I can, I can feel what I'm supposed to be doing, but what ends up happening is that I feel it and I feel it. And then a couple of weeks go by and then the bills come and then it's like, how can I really feel that this is, how can I really trust? that this is supporting me when it's not. <laughs> well, I don't know that you've fully given it a chance to. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. And this is the thing. It's like things really didn't start popping and flowing for me into my life until I stepped full time into being a coach and an author and a speaker and all of those things. Now, to you and to those people listening, I'm so glad that when I first left my corporate job and when I was building it at first, I had those other things because I needed them. I didn't have enough experience, credibility, or even the leads. I didn't have enough momentum to just take the leap without anything. But Kelsey, mm. you have momentum. You have contacts. And I'm wondering if you took all the energy that you spend in getting these little side jobs, worrying about money, freaking out about the bills. <laughs> if you put that energy into visioning, into networking with people, into really stepping full time into this career that you love, networking events, meet up, finding a mentor, whatever it is. Like if you put all that energy into doing what you love, what might happen? Yeah. I guess that makes sense because I, it's almost like I compartmentalize the worry and then it's like, oh shoot. And then when the worry comes up, I start acting on all the side stuff so that I can get afloat again. But Right. So here's the pattern. Yeah. When you need money, you're, you're going to the side stuff mm -hmm. rather than going to what you love and focusing on generating it there. So the energetic mm -hmm. pattern is set up that what you love doesn't pay the bills. Mm. That makes sense. So it's time to shift it. You know, even if you were working on someone else's project or whatever it may be, just as long as you're in the energy of what you love and not doing things that are completely different from the yeah. career and the life that you're working on building. Yeah, that part makes sense. Yeah, because I, I guess I also have this belief because I've hear I've heard other advice of you know when people are first starting and all that type of thing that you know would be kind of irresponsible to <laughs> not have in a sense some of the side jobs to pay the bills and be a grown adult in in that way. So I guess maybe there's a factor there that it feels irresponsible. But true, um, yeah. and I get that. And how long have you been doing the dream career? I've been doing this for. Three years. Okay. See, you're not just starting. No. And you've been responsible. So maybe consider that this was sort of tier one responsibility, having other jobs while you were building, while you were getting good, while you were establishing mastery, while you were learning the ropes and also testing it out. And three years later, you know a lot, you've learned a lot, you have a lot of contacts, and most importantly, you're clear this is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't say, you know, jump ship and go full throttle for things when people are just starting because I'm like, you got to see if you like it. You got to see if it lines yeah, up and you're so clear you want to do it. So maybe mm -hmm. 
that that was the first level of responsibility, having the side jobs being so clear. The next level of responsibility may be taking full responsibility for creating this. Mm-hmm. And letting go yeah, of the judgment of it being irresponsible or it can't make money or it's only the lucky ones. As long as you believe all those things, you're going to keep getting the same results. Yeah. And instead of worrying about finances, you know, worry is just using the imagination poorly. So I'd have Mm -hmm. ideal scenes and written out and and voice memos about stepping into this career and the prosperity it's bringing in. And don't use the word abundance unless you follow it with money because abundance just means a lot of things. So use (laughs) prosperity, you know, and it could be an abundance of something you don't want. So the Mm -hmm. prosperity, the connections, you know, it's like... My my guess is, Kelsey, since you haven't gotten into full vibrational alignment with this, you're not totally attracting the opportunities to you. And I guess that once you do, things will start to shift and you'll start to have more ideas and more connections and more opportunity. But you've got to do the internal work about shifting your beliefs around it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because as you're, as you're saying this, as much as I love what I do, I know there's a little piece of me every time I go to it. I go, gosh, I'm giving so much to this. And there's no like, there's no payback sometimes, you know, so it's even gotten to the point of that. Not that I, again, that I don't love it or I don't hate it. It's that I see from the outside, a lot of people say, gosh, you must love what you do. And it's like, yes, I do. There's always a kind of a but. And I think because I'm staying in that but a little bit, (laughs) That, that I can feel that that's not the full kind of vibration right. to be at. And I, yeah. And I get, well, I wanted to know if getting in the vibration, I mean, you talked about writing it out in visualization. Is that something that you would see me focusing on? Yes. As well as working, yeah. as well as working with the limiting beliefs and forgiving yourself for buying mm-hmm. into them. Cause you've got to like, look at the story that you were currently telling mm-hmm. about this, you know, and, and almost sort of make this a creative project, <laughs> kind of like write out the story, develop the story that was running this and, and look at what that was creating and, and write out a new story that you want to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also think, I, I think it's really important for you to start doing informational interviews or have a mentor, connect with people that are prosperous and, and making money doing what you want to do. How many people like that do you have around you? I have a lot of, I mean, I, I guess I, because I'm in this business for a while, I mean, I can, I could definitely call up five people who would know somebody that would be, you know, a good mentor or somebody to interview or somebody to kind of pick their brain about how they do what they do. 100% do that. Yeah. Do as many as you can. See how that auto, see, it's the little things like that that start to shift the vibration. Do you see how like spending, you know, having five informational interviews, a half an hour each with people that are successful in this business, what that will attract versus spending five hours looking for side jobs because you're scared about money. One is saying, I don't believe this can work and support me. The other is saying, I believe in this. I just need to learn some things. There's some things I don't know I don't know. And I'm going to go out and figure it out. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It does. It almost seems like 
it almost seems kind of funny now because it's like I've had access to that, but I haven't, I haven't hadn't done it. And I think it's because I rely on the belief that everybody talks about that you can't or that right. there's not very many people or all that. That you know? needs to go. Yeah. That's like when I'm in conversations with people and they're like, oh, you Dating in LA is awful. There's nobody in LA. I'm like, ah, I don't want to be in that conversation because <laughs> that's what will that's what will show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So change your story and start taking. Yeah. So it's both the inner work and the outer work. You know, I'm saying change your story, work on the scenes, you know, shift how you're relating to money and and paying the bills and all that, but also take the external actions. Make this your full time job. Step fully yeah. into it. Tier two responsibility, next level. I like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it this really resonates with me because it's because I I know myself like these are things that it's like once I do it seems so simple and it was before me it was just like I was stuck in this little like in between space you know mm-hmm. um, but just it, just even hearing you say the word make this your job is that what you said make yeah this, like, make it your full your time I mean that full-time job. And that makes, that makes sense because when I, I know when I go after something, I fully go after something. So it's almost like needing permission to do that. Do you feel how, do you see how your voice and energy already shifted? Yeah. Give yourself permission. Stop waiting. So I want you to own it. I don't know if you feel comfortable saying it on the air, but I want you to own it. And like, like I would say, I I am an author, a coach, the host of a podcast, and a speaker, and I love it, and it supports me to have a life where I feel like I'm making an impact, and that's financially prosperous. <laughs> and okay. do, you, do you feel so, how congruent that sounds for me? Like, you believe that when I say yeah. that, right? right. Yeah, okay. I do. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's true. Great. So now, <laughs> now your turn. Okay. Uh. I'm an independent filmmaker and first of all, I love what I do and I feel like I'm making an impact and I want to continue to do that. And I can at the same time as be financially prosperous and make a living for myself. Okay. That was a good first try. Stand up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stand up. So when you said filmmaker, your voice inflected like it was a question, like I'm an independent filmmaker. Mm. I want you to be like, I mm. am an independent filmmaker. You could even start with, I love what I do. So start start with how you feel about it to get you in the feeling and then mm. say what okay. you do and what it creates. Okay. I love what I do. I love every day when I have a chance to work. Let me, how do I do this? <laughs> this is, it's different. This is different I know. for me. And the words oh. don't matter as much as the energy. Mm. So it can be okay. something sim- simple. Like I love what I do. I'm an independent mm. filmmaker and it's financially prosperous mm. for me and I get to impact okay. millions of lives. Okay. I love what I do. I'm an independent filmmaker and I get a chance to impact people's lives all over the world. And I get to also be financially prosperous as well in doing what I do. How's that feeling? It feels a lot better. I feel like that the more I'd say it, the more I'd ground it in my body. Yep. Yep. 
The more you say it, the more you believe it, the more you introduce yourself to others as it, the more you talk to other professionals and network them, the more, again, the more you make this your job. It's like Mm. if I want to learn Spanish and I take a class, you know, two hours, four times a week, but the rest of my day I'm speaking English, how fluent do you think I'm going to get versus if I go live in (laughs) Madrid? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's the internal work and the action to get you into the, into making this your job, your career. Mm. So what do you do, Kelsey? I'm an independent filmmaker. Absolutely love what I do. And I get to impact lives all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it supports me financially. And it supports me financially. Yep. Yep. So try this on, really commit to this, really work with this, and then check back in and let me know how you're doing. Okay. Thank you so much. It it put everything in perspective. (laughs) It was so awesome to hear the shift in Kelsey's voice and just her entire energy. See what happens when we start to step fully into owning our gifts and experience? It is hugely important to get fully in alignment with who you are and what you're here to do. But be aware of those competing intentions. Even if a small percentage of you believe something is not possible, well, it's going to be more challenging to make it possible. And also know what stage you are in my career. Like I said to Kelsey, she's not just starting out. She's been doing it for three years. In the beginning, when we're just starting something, it's normal to have side jobs and moonlight at what we love. You know, my first book came out in 2005 and I started coaching in 2004, but I didn't fully step into it and leave all my other jobs, side gigs and full-time jobs until almost the end of 2006. It took a while to build up that momentum. It took a while to make it my full-time job. So consider that. Where are you? Is it time to go to the next level or are you just at the beginning? If it's time to go to the next level, then maybe it's time to do this full time and really treat it like your full-time career, like I encourage Kelsey to do. We also talked about responsibility. I think being responsible is hugely important and do not recommend pretending bills and credit scores do not exist. But responsibility is also defined as response-ability and means our ability to respond to life and choose how we respond to life. In Kelsey's case, she was responding to needing to pay bills by panicking and going and getting all these side jobs. You heard me coach her to respond to it by stepping fully into treating her passion and her purpose like a full-time job. We also talked about being aware of the unconscious collective beliefs like, it's hard to make money, I can't make money doing what I love, what I love is in a real job, and so on and so forth. So I highly encourage you to bust those limiting beliefs, even the ones that seem minimal. If they're there, some part of you believes them. All right, some takeaways from this call. Number one, be aware of your competing intentions. Like Kelsey said in the call, she really believes, you know, she can make money doing what she loves, but then she also had that belief that, oh, only the lucky ones really make it. So write out all your beliefs about what you want to create in your life, be it a career or relationship or health or well-being or whatever, and look at where your beliefs are actually contradicting each other. You want to make sure that you get in full alignment and the story you're telling yourself by what you're believing in your head is actually the story you want to write. Next question, what stage are you in, especially if you're looking at your career? Is it time to move to the next level? 
Is it time to give up the safety net or the training wheels and really step fully into treating this like a full-time gig? And then what's your wealth consciousness like? In the beginning, I asked you to give it a grade. If it's not an A+, it's an important thing for you to improve. Some books that I really love that I recommend is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Wattles. It was written in 1912. And Think and Grow Rich is another one. They're all about really changing your wealth consciousness and rewiring your brain about what you believe about money. And put together a plan for making something your full-time job. Or if it's not your career that you're really wanting to manifest, maybe it's your love life. We put way more time and energy into worrying about things versus being really strategic and focused about what we want to create. And finally, own it. Practice the embodiment just like I had Kelsey do. If you're an actor and you're working as a waiter, when people ask you what you do, you say, I am an actor and I love it. I love performing. I love connecting with the audience. I love getting to know a new character and you own it. And if they say, well, what have you worked on recently? You say, right now I'm working on becoming an even better actor and I'm auditioning and getting booked a lot. You know, you don't have to lie but you have to say something that makes you feel like it's actually working. When we don't embody things and we don't own them, then there's always that part of us that doubts if it really can come true. Own it, embody it. It'll feel a lot better and you just might notice you start manifesting things a lot sooner. Sending you so much love. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Much love.